Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Erev Tov, everybody. Welcome to another edition of our Thursday Night Parashat Shavua class. Tonight, we are studying... Parashat Lech, no, Lech Lecha, sorry, where is my mind? Parashat Chayesara, Parashat Chayesara, here we are live with with yummy, delicious food and a great crowd here and you online listening live as well and those people who are going to listen to it either later tonight or tomorrow um, online on the podcast, on the recordings, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, FindingHoliness.com. Wherever you hear your podcast, thank you very much for everybody's support. Uh, I, I don't know where it's going, but uh, you never know where, where Torah can spread. Torah can spread everywhere. Parashat um, Chaye Sarah, of course, not only deals with the, uh, the death of Sarah and the purchase of the holy burial plot of Me'arat HaMachbelah, but a large chunk of the story deals with the task that is assigned to Eliezer, the servant of Abraham, in finding a wife for Yitzhak, the son of Abraham Avinu, who was born in last week's parasha. And he travels to Aram Naharaim, to Abraham's homeland, to find a wife for Yitzhak. And the, the Torah, quoting his, uh, Eliezer, describing his journey to Lavan and Betuel as follows. Pasuk writes, this is Eliezer talking. I came today to the well. And I said, Adonai Elohe Adoni Abraham, God Hashem, God of my master Abraham, if you would please make successful my journey, the journey on which I embark. And Rashi here notices the word, I came today to the well. So Rashi gives us a great Haidush, quoting Midrash. I embarked today, and I arrived today. And we, we deduce from here, says Rashi, that the earth contracted for Eliezer. A huge miracle took place for Eliezer, where it would have been a multi-day journey to get to Aram Naharaim from where Abraham was living, but the earth contracted, and the day that he left was the day that he arrived in Betuel's home. And here, Rabbi Aha says, again, Rashi quotes the Midrash, that we see from here and learn that the conversation of the slaves of the Avot is more pleasing to God than the Torah of their descendants. Because Eliezer's story is expressed twice in the parasha. Twice he's, he's giving the, the, the whole breakdown, and then again he repeats it, while many essentials of the Torah, elements of the Torah, were only given by Remazim and Allusion. Um, some want to expound on this remark by Rabbi Acha in saying that in every generation, there are descendants of the Avot, of Abraham, Tzach, and Yaakov, such like us and all the Chachamim who wrote on the stories, that uh, expound on these deep words by Eliezer. And what we're going to do today, Bezrat Hashem, is explore... Some uh, some some issues with the with the uh, with the story, 
Number one, why did this earth, why did the earth contract for Eliezer, miraculously shorting his journey? What was the reason for that? That's a, it's a good question. Nothing comes for free. Something must have happened for the earth to, to contract like that. Uh, probably a bigger question is why did he merit this miracle? Why him? Like, uh, okay, I understand he was a nice guy, servant of Abraham. Abraham doesn't just choose anybody, but why did he? What did Eliezer do to merit this miracle? And of course, what lesson are we supposed to learn from this uh, this story to help us better serve our Kadosh Baruch Hu? <clears throat> So let's go back to where this all began on the oath that Abraham made Eliezer swear. Torah tells us that Abraham zaken ba bayamim. Abraham was old, well on in years. And Hashem blessed Abraham with everything. Abraham said to his slave, the elder of his household, this is Eliezer, Place now your hand under my thigh, and I will have you swear, God, the God of the heavens, and the God of the earth. You're not going to take a wife, from the children of Kenan, where I am dwelling now. However, you're going to go to my native land and my birthplace. And over there, that's where you're going to take a wife for my son, Yitzchak. So this is how Abraham depicts or instructs Eliezer at this moment. He refers to Hashem as Hashem Elohe Hashemayim Aretz. Later on in the narrative, we see something interesting. Abraham adds, Adonai Elohe Hashemayim, Hashem, the God of the heavens, no mention of Aretz. Asher lekachani mi bet avi, who took me from the house of my father, umeretz molati, and from the house of my birth, the land of my birth. Asher di beliv, asher nishvali, and promised me lezarachai ten tarz azot, who yishlach malachol lefanecha velakarta yishalev nimisham. He's going to send an angel, a messenger over there, and you're to take a wife for my son from this. So Rashi here notices. He says, why is it in the original instruction? He refers to Hakadosh Baruch Hu as Eloi Hashemayim veLoi Aretz. And here, in the second edition, he, he says, Hashem, Elo, uh, just Elokei HaShamayim. So Rashi says the reasons as follows. The discrepancy is that Abraham tells Eliezer, now Hashem is the God of the heavens and the earth because I've made him familiar to the mouths of the people. The people around me now know who Akados Baruch Hu is. Okay? That's what it was now because of me. When he... But, but uh, on the other hand, when he took me from my father's house and I had yet to teach the people about Hashem Echad Echad and who HaKadosh Baruch Hu was, they didn't have an idea, they believed in a lot of different gods, then at that moment it was just Hashem Elokei HaShamayim. Uh, because the inhabitants of the world were not familiar with him and his name was not commonly mentioned uh, on earth. Why did Abraham Avinu, this is what, that's what Rashi says, why it says, uh, so when he, when he was mentioning God who promised me when he, I left my house, that's where it only says Eloi HaShemayim, because I didn't have the chance to teach people this. But now everybody knows. Why did, why did Abraham feel the need to tell Eliezer this? What's happening at this moment that it was necessary for him to point this out to Eliezer, that he was responsible for familiarizing God with the people, <clears throat> especially now as he embarked on this journey, on this quest to find a wife for Yitzhak. Um, <clears throat> earlier in Sefer Bereshit, um, Parashat Bereshit, uh, the Torah tells us that Vayikrai Elohim Layabasha Eretz, that God called the dry land 
Eretz. Why did he call it Eretz? Why, why specifically that term? So the Midrash tells us in Bereshit Rabbah, because the land wanted to fulfill the will, the Ratzon of the Creator. So there's a similarity between the word Eretz and the Ratzon. There's a very similar, Ratzon means will, very similar Shoresh. So because the land wanted to fulfill the will of the Creator, so it was called Eretz. Okay, but isn't it true that all creations of God want to fulfill the, the, the will of the Creator? Why specifically the earth? Everybody, uh, you know, the, all, the, all the things that God created, every day to God, we know this, and then they all want to fulfill the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch So why did earth specifically merit that name of Eretz more than any other element of creation? So there's a beautiful answer brought down by the Ohev Yisrael. Uh, the Ohev Yisrael was Rav Abraham Yoshua Heschel. He was known as the Apter Rav. And I looked up some of his... Uh, some information. He was one of the great students of Rav Elimelech Melizhinsk, the, the, no, the Noam Elimelech, and one of the leaders and promoters of Hasidut in Poland at, uh, at uh, the time. In fact, he, he was so great, even his daughter, okay, offered several commentaries on the Torah. That's how, that's how, that's how much uh, of an influence he was. And uh, his outstanding character was that of his love for Eretz Israel. hence his name, or the name of his, uh, his pen name, is Ohev Israel, And it became a very, very popular, um, <clears throat> popular sefer on the Torah. It's brought down that he was buried near the Baal Shem Tov, but there is, um, uh, according to one Hasidic legend brought down over here, that angels carried his body and buried him in in uh, Teveria. And you could go in Teveria in the Jewish cemetery and there's a stone there that marks his supposed grave over there. In fact, I don't know if it's a coincidence, but his wife was named Chaya Sara. <laughs> his name was Chaya Sara. Chaya Sara, interesting. But uh, I just felt that I should note that. Anyways, so he answers this question. Why was the land, why is earth given the name Eretz? So he says, because in the, in the story of creation, HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded the ground to produce fruit trees that tasted like the fruit. The tree itself, if you were to eat the bark, it would taste like the fruit that it was growing. An apple tree, you take the bark, it tastes like an apple. But the earth instead produced trees, of course, yeah. But the earth instead produced trees that did not taste like the actual fruit. So the Pasuk says, Right? But when the next Pasuk that says that when the land sprouted, it says, It's a, it's a tree that produces fruit, but it's not an etzperi. It's not a tree with, uh, that, that tastes like the fruit. So, that uh, there wasn't itself fruit. So, uh, because of that mistake, okay, when Adam was later cursed uh, for his sin, the tree was also held accountable for her sin and also was cursed and never retained that uh, that privilege to taste like an actual fruit. This is very mind-boggling if you think about it. Uh, it's really unimaginable that Earth, the the land I'm talking about when I say Earth, would deviate from God's instruction. God tells you. You know, sprout out a tree that that should be uh, that tastes like fruit, but the earth doesn't do that. The earth just puts out a regular free tree that produces fruit. Now, uh, you know, what, what did it happen? There's no there's no evil inclination for the for the ground to do something 
you know, that, that, that he's not commanded to. So what does the Ohev Yisrael write? Ohev Yisrael says, so the earth didn't sin at all. There was no Avera whatsoever with the sin. Lehefech. It performed a huge service for Klal Yisrael, a huge service, which involved self-sacrifice. She, she, the earth, was not concerned about her own reputation, her own honor. The Chachamim tell us in Masechet Nazir, Gedola Avera Lishma Mimitzvah Shelo Lishma. An Avera for the sake, for good, virtuous reason, for the sake of, of, of heaven, is better than a mitzvah done for the wrong reasons. The spiritual earth in Shamayim, because before anything that was brought down here, there was always, there was, there was a, uh, an opposite up in Shamayim. Even till today, there's a Yerushalayim here, there's a Yerushalayim Shalmala. There's an earth here, there's an earth up there. Whatever that means. But the spiritual earth in the heavens recognize that the neshama of man is godly. It's a part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And um, since man has the tendency to sin, because of the Yetzirah, the inclination of man is evil from its youth, if it was to sin, it would cause a damage that would be irreparable, could not, could not be fixed whatsoever. Even Teshuvah couldn't work. So the earth cleverly deviated from the plan, from what HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded the earth to do, which is to produce trees that tasted like, like fruit. And therefore, now man would have an excuse, Adam would have an excuse when he sinned. He would claim that the sin didn't stem from his neshama, it stemmed from my physical being, my physical body. Where was man's physical body created from? The earth. It was created from the ground. It was formed from the earth. And the earth in itself sinned by deviating from the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So therefore the earth did a huge service for mankind over here. L'Shem Shamayim. He allowed the opportunity for Adam to rectify his sins by, by means of, of Teshuvah. In fact, this is, the, the, uh, this is how we can explain one of the Pesukim we recite every morning in Korbanot. One that you, you may have had this question. Pasuk tells us, Ve'zacharti et beriti Yaakov, ve'af et beriti Yitzchak, I will remember my covenant with Yaakov, with Yitzchak, my covenant with Abraham. I will remember. I will remember the earth. I will remember the land. Now, I, I understand why HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to recall the Zechuyot and the merits of our forefathers. Zechut Avod. It protects Klal Israel even till today, so many years later. But what's the benefit of recalling the earth? Why, do I need to, why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu need to recall the merit of the earth? So based on what we say, it makes a lot of sense. When man sins, HaKadosh Baruch Hu recalls what the earth did by deviating from the original plan, what God instructed it to do. Uh, man himself, which came from the earth, deserves leniency. He should be punished less uh, less severely. Give him a chance to do Teshuvah. Why? Because what the, what the earth did. His sin stems from not the neshama, it stems from the physical body, which has an inclination to sin. We have a yetzerara, because that was formed from the dust of the earth. This is what, also what it means when we say during Aseret, We tell those who our father, our king, remember that we are just dust. We are we come from the ground. We're asking God to show us leniency due to the fact that our bodies were formed from the dust of the earth. We sinned solely because our physical bodies reflect that character flaw of the earth, but not on account of our 
neshamot. In fact, there's a statement in Perkei Avot, one that is very well known in the second chapter of Perkei Avot, Yafet Talmud Torah im derech eretz. That Torah study is beautiful when it's combined with derech eretz. And the Chachamim explain that this goes hand in hand with the famous pasuk of Ve'ahavta l'recha kamocha ni Hashem, you shall love your fellow as yourself, I am Hashem. And Rashi quotes the famous dictum of Rabbi Akiva, Ze klal gadol Torah. This is a great precept of the Torah. Hatam Sofer here says, why did Rabbi Akiva have to say Zekal Gadol Batora? Why Zekal Gadol? It's a great precept. What is it? Batora. Um, so, uh, so he answers beautifully. He says, there's another pasuk that says, You have to let your brother live with you. There the uh, Gemara in Masechet Ba Metziah discusses a situation of what happens if you and your brother or you and your friend or you and another Jew or whoever it is, two men are stranded in the desert and there's only enough water for one of them to survive. So what do you do? What do you do? Only one of us can survive. One guy is going to drop dead. So Gemara says, Your life is before your friend's life. Your life takes precedence over the rest. So you have to drink the water, okay? And you have to let your friend die. If that's the case, if that's the ruling, that a person has to save his own life at the expense of a friend's life, then how is this ve'ahavta l'recha kamocha? How are we fulfilling, you know, this command of loving your friend like, like myself? So says the Chatam Sofer, this is what Rabbi Akiva meant by Zeklal Gadol Torah. With regards to Torah study, with regards to studying Torah, a person is obligated to teach other people, even if it means diminishing your own Torah study. With regards to Torah, it's a klal gadol. But when it's not with regards to Torah study, no, your life is first. In fact, the, uh, the kamocha indicates that by teaching others, you're also performing a mitzvah and accruing the zechuyot as well. So it's both equally. So now, yafet talmud Torah im derech If a person wishes to study Torah and to be successful, then he has to learn the lesson of the eretz. He has to learn the lesson of the derech eretz, of the way of the earth, the earth that sacrificed her her virtue for the sake of mankind. Therefore, as well, when it comes to Torah study, a person has to do the same. He has to sacrifice his own Torah study for the sake of teaching others. Let's go back to Abraham and Eliezer. Avram tells Eliezer, again Rashi says, so now HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the God of the heavens and the earth because I made him familiar with the mouths of the people. But when I left my father's house, he was just Elohei HaShamayim. He was not the God of the earth because the people were not familiar with him. They weren't speaking. They weren't commonly mentioned, mentioning God's name. What does this happen? This happened way back in in uh, in the end of Parsha Noach or the beginning of Lech Lecha. That Haran, Avram's brother, died in the presence of Terach, his father, in the native land of Ur-Kastim. So Rashi brings down the famous story, what happened in Ur-Kastim, that Nimrod had ordered Avraham Avinu to be thrown into the uh, fiery furnace for smashing and breaking Terach's idols. But miraculously, he was saved by Kadosh Baruch This is where the name Ur-Kastim comes from, the element of, of fire, burning. So the Chachamim asked, why wasn't this story mentioned in the Torah? Why not mention the Torah? This is, in fact, according to most opinions, this is one of Abraham's ten tests. So why wasn't the story brought down in the Chumash to teach all the young little children about Abraham sacrificing, he threw him down, he got thrown into a furnace, he should have died, and God saved him. 
Why not mention it? So one of the answers that's brought down is that there's a ruling that a Ben Noach, a son of Noach, which is meaning a, non, a non-Jew, is not obligated to sacrifice his life for Kiddush Hashem. And this is actually codified in the Rambam, Yichot Yisodeh Torah, that anybody, who, to anyone that it says, Ya'avor ve'al yarek, transgress and don't sacrifice your life, for, except for three. Every other mitzvah, I have to transgress. Yeah, if someone uh, tells me, go steal your friend's wallet or I kill you, I'm going to go steal my friend's wallet. That's not a mitzvah that I have to sacrifice my life for. But the Rambam says, if a person chooses to sacrifice his life, no, kill me, I'm not stealing my friend's wallet, he's, account- he's held accountable for his life. Who told you that you can go give yourself up? As the Pasuk says, I will demand the blood of your soul. So the Rambam says, you are transgressing by, killing your- by kill- having yourself killed, you're actually transgressing a mitzvah as well. So yes, while it's through Abraham Avinu fulfilled all the precepts of the Torah without being commanded to, here he was exceedingly stringent. He was very he was too strict. Who permitted him to sacrifice himself for the sake of Akados Baruch Hu? A Ben Noach is not commanded to do so. Abraham at the time, at this moment, still had the status of a Ben Noach. So therefore, rabbis explain, Abraham Avinu's self-sacrifice in Ur Kasdim was a case of an Avera Lishma. It was a sin committed for the sake of sanctifying whole, whole day. But it was still considered an Avera. You had no right to do so. Yes, he was ready to sacrifice and forfeit his whole portion in Olam Abba to renounce all forms of Abu Dazara. That was the reason why he did so. And to sanctify the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But it cannot be mentioned in the Torah Shebikhtab. It cannot be written in our Chumash because it was prohibited by Torah law. Couldn't do that. You're, you're Ben Noach. Where did Abraham Avinu learn this concept of an Averalishma, transgressing something for the sake of God? He learned the value, the value of Averalishma from the earth, from the earth itself, which committed an Averalishma, like we said, for the benefit of mankind. He followed that example in order to sanctify the name of Akados Baruch Hu. And this is what is implied from his comment to Eliezer. Now, right now, he is the God, Akados Baruch Hu is the God of the heavens and the earth because I made him familiar in the mouths of the people. Not only did he reveal to the people that Hakados Baruch Hu created the world and, and, and runs it and conducts it according to his will, but he also revealed to them that Hakados Baruch Hu is the God of the earth because the earth sacrificed itself. Uh, uh, herself to enable the population, the masses, the future in, uh, people to perform Teshuvah, knowing very well that that it would be punished severely. Abraham learned from that midah of the earth to even sacrifice his own life and jump into that furnace for sanctifying the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So then Abraham Avinu remarks to Eliezer, Hashem, the God of the heavens, who took me from my, the house of my father and the house of my birth, who swore to me to your offspring I will give the land. In other words, he was so sure, Abraham Avinu was so sure that his children would also learn from the earth to sacrifice their lives in the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And in that merit, he will send a malach before you and take, you'll get a wife for my, for my son. Um, the... <clears throat> there was a, an amazing teaching that was revealed by Eliyahu Navi based on a Gemara Masechet Ta'anit. Abraham Avinu in Parashat Lechecha managed to defeat four kings by tossing dust on them 
And that dust was tra- transformed into weapons. This is based on the story, in, like I said, Masechet Anit. the stories recounted of a man named Nachum Ish Gamzu. You may have heard uh, this famous Tana. Nachum Ish Gamzu was one of the Tanaim. And he, uh, why was he called Gamzu? Because he always said Gamzu Letova. Everything is for the good. Oh, this is also for the good. Uh, what happened to Nachum Ish Gamzu? So the story goes that once the Jews wished to send the king a present. Yeah, I guess they had great, good relations with the, with the king. They wanted to send a matana. Who are we going to send as messenger? Ah, we're going to send Nachum Ish Gamzu. He's the leader. He's the, the Tami Chacham. We're going to send him. He was well-versed in miracles. So they sent him with a crate of precious stones. And on the way to deliver the present to the king, he stopped off in a local uh, Holiday Inn, uh, a, lo- a local hotel. And that night, the people found out this guy, some carrying uh, this, this crate next to him, keeping close to it. And uh, they emptied it. When he wasn't looking, they emptied the crate of stones and filled it with dirt. Filled it with dirt. Now, Nachum Yishgamzu had no idea. He comes back, takes the crate of dirt, he goes to the king. Dear king, your majesty, I have a present from the Jewish people of, uh, of the town. This is for you. The king was, wow, unbelievable. Opens up the crate. What is he, dirt? Is he dirt? The king's first impulse, Imran tells us, was going to kill all the Jews, making fun of me, making a mockery of me. How do you do something like this? So Nachum said, Gamzu This is also, also for the good. What happened? Says the Gemara, Eliyahu Nabi appears. And he disguises himself as one of the king's ministers. And he goes to the king and says, you know what? Maybe this dirt is not just regular dirt. Maybe this dirt is the dirt of uh, the, the, his forefather, Abraham. What's the dirt of Abraham? Ah, you're in here? He took the dirt and he threw it at the enemy and it turned into arrows and it wiped out the whole enemy. That's what happened. So now, at that time, the king was battling this enemy that he had, that they, he just couldn't overtake them. Every time they fought, they would lose, they would lose, they would lose. So they brought the dirt to war. Lo and behold, they start throwing the dirt, and it turns into swords and arrows, and they conquered the, they conquered the enemy. And they were so thrilled. The king was so thrilled with what happened. He takes Nachum Ichkamzu back to the treasury, and he fills him up with the more gifts, and he goes, take this back. To, to your people. That's the story brought down in Gemara. Abraham Avinu waged his battle against the four kings. He was willing, he did this to, because he was, and he was willing to sacrifice his life for who? To save Lot. This all was all to save his, his, his nephew Lot because he knew that David Amelech was going to come from Lot. We spoke about that last week. According to the Torah's account, he went to battle them alone, accompanied only by Eliezer. Torah tells us, Avram heard that his brother was taken captive. He armed his, his, his people, Yalidebeto, whatever, 318. And he gave chase as far as Dan. And Rashi says, quoting the Gemara, this was Eliezer. Gemara Triav, Eliezer is 318. He went two people, two people to fight four kings. Based on the Gemara that we learned above, Abraham defeated these four kings and their armies by throwing this dirt, this earth, on them. The dirt transformed into swords and killed him. We can probably say that Abraham Avinu placed his life in danger to save Lot, and he learned the value of self-sacrifice from the earth. So the miraculous victory that took place against these four kings, that's why it had to be with the earth. 
because the earth self-sacrificed itself. Abraham Avinu self-sacrificed himself for the furnace. So they were working in tandem. tandem. They were working together. So the earth, he knew what the earth was going to do. And he threw the earth and it turned uh, into a miraculous arrows and wiped out the the four kings. So this is what the oath that Abraham Avinu made Eliezer swear at this moment. I will have you swear by Hashem, Elohea Shamaim Belohea Ares. Hashem tells Eliezer, Hashem, who was the God of the heavens, the God that took me out of my father's house. At that time, he was only the God of the heavens because, uh, because that was, I, I didn't have the opportunity to, to teach, uh, at that moment, to teach the people about God on this earth. What does God command Abraham Avinu to, at the time it was Avram, what does he command Avram to do the first thing once he self-sacrifices himself? Lech lecha me'artsecha el Abandon your recognition, your perception of the earth. Look at the chidush. Lech lecha me'artsecha. I need you to leave from your edits. You think the edits is just something physical, but you have to understand that the edits is the reason why people are allowed to repent. Why there's teshuvah? You need to show. You need to realize and recognize the edits asher areka that I will show you. It's a new type of land, the new type of earth, an earth that sacrifices itself for the benefit of man. And, the, and that was the message that Abraham Avinu was conveying to Eliezer. In reality, Eliezer wanted his own daughter to marry Yitzchak. The Pasuk tells us in this week's parasha, Adoni, I said, and I said to my master, Ulai lo harai. This is what he's repeating the story to, uh, to Lavan Betuel. He says, perhaps the woman will not follow me. Ulai. And Rashi says that the word Ulai is spelled without a vav. When you look in the Torah, spelled without a vav. If it's spelled without a vav, it could, it could be read Eli. Eli means to me. And Rashi was saying that Eliezer had a daughter and he was searching for a reason, for a pretext, for Abraham to instruct him, if it doesn't work out, come back. Come back and maybe Abraham will say, okay, you know what? You have a, you have a daughter, she can, marry, she can marry Yitzchak. But Abraham Avinu told me that it won't work. Abraham said, it's not that my son is blessed and you are cursed. And someone who is cursed cannot join with someone who is blessed. How was Eliezer cursed? Because Eliezer was a descendant of Canaan, who was the son of Ham, who was cursed by his father Noah. But Abraham Avinu was a descendant of Shem. Blessed Hashem, the God of Shem. And Canaan, he Canaan Eved Lamo. So it can't work. I'm sorry, Eliezer, your daughter cannot marry uh, my son. So then Abraham Avinu was conveying to Eliezer that message. I will have you swear by Hashem, Elohea Shamaim Velohea Aretz. God of the heavens and of the earth. I need you to learn this lesson, Eliezer. You have to learn the lesson of the earth where there's, there's the need to self-sacrifice, the need to publicize, Abraham Avinu needed to publicize this this aspect that Akados Baruch Hu is the God of the earth because it's on account of the earth's self-sacrifice that, that man is even given the opportunity to perform Teshuvah and man who was created from the dust of the earth has to strive to fulfill God's will. Ratzon, Eretz, same Shoresh. And what did Eliezer do? He fulfilled that. 
He fulfilled his mission as a loyal servant. He disregarded all the other ulterior motives. He could have found a way, maybe, maybe I'll convince him that my daughter, who doesn't want to marry Yitzhak Avinu? If he had a daughter, who, who wouldn't want it? But he disregarded all that, even though that that was his initial uh, desire. And therefore, that's the meaning of the Pasuk. I came today to the well. Rashi says, I embarked today and I arrived today. We see here that the earth contracted for Eliezer. The vital lesson from the earth became known to him. That's when he hopped. That's when he figured it out. When he saw the earth contract for him, he realized, disregarding all the, po- the, the possible damaging consequences, the earth performed an act of self-sacrifice. Eliezer also learned from the earth at that moment to fulfill his mission for Abraham Avinu with total devotion and self-sacrifice. Uh, the earth contracted for Eliezer, miraculously shortening his journey because he learned from the earth the value of self-sacrifice. We'll conclude with one more thought. We said at the beginning, in the name of Rav Acha, that the conversation of slaves, the Rashi quotes Rav Acha, the conversation of slaves of the Avot, Eliezer, is more pleasing before HaKadosh Baruch Hu than the Torah of their descendants. The Gemara Masechet Brachot relates uh, an interesting conversation between the Rav Papa and Abaye. Gemara asks, Amale Rav Papa le Abaye, Mai shena rishonim deitrahish lehu nisa, umai shana anan delo mitrahish la nisa. He says, why were miracles so glorious, so open miracles performed on behalf of the earlier generations? But us, Rav Papa and Abaye, our generation, Nothing. We don't see these miracles. What's going on? Okay, this was taking place 1,800 years ago. Now, for sure, right? Okay, but he goes, what, what happened? Okay, the earth contracts. The water rises for, for Rivka. There's so much happening. How come we're not privy to this? So Rapapa says, it can't be because they learned more Torah. And he goes on to prove that we actually learned more Torah in our generation. And this was Bavel. You know, this was the... the, the the spring of the Torah Shebe'al Peh. So he starts asking about the rainfall, the fact that there's no rain. You know, why was it that in previous generations, for Rav Yehuda would remove one shoe, okay, and the rains fell immediately, and we suffer and we pray and we cry and tears coming all day long and there's no rain. So again, another example. He didn't understand. What does Abayah respond to him? Kamai... Havu kamasre nafshayu akdushat Hashem. Anan lo masrina nafshin akdushat Hashem. He says, because the earlier generations sacrificed their lives to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu beyond the realm of nature. And therefore, because that was their mission, because they were willing to sacrifice every part of their body, every bone in their body, every minute on earth for the sake of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Therefore, it was natural for nature to alter its behavior on their behalf. But we, Sabayu talking, uh, we don't serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu beyond that scope of nature. And therefore, we're limited to what nature provides us. We're, we're limited to the natural experience of life. Uh, we do not possess that ability to, uh, to uh, you know, f- snap your finger and then supernatural mir- miracles Occur, And that's what Rav Acha 
was, was saying, the conversation of the slaves of the Avot is more pleasing before HaKadosh Baruch Hu because Eliezer, Avraham's slave, fulfilled his mission for Avraham Avinu with devotion and self-sacrifice. And that's why his miracle, his actions, were much more deserving of a ness, of a miracle. And that is appreciated and loved and beloved more by HaKadosh Baruch Hu than the Torah of their descendants. Because the study of Torah without self-sacrifice, that doesn't have the power to summon miracles. So if there's one thing that we can come out with today, uh, learning this unbelievable chidush, is the, the importance of mesirut nefesh, the importance of giving things, you know, taking that one extra step. Sometimes things are not easy. But listen, look what the earth felt it needed to do in order for man to, to produce, to be successful. It literally went against God's word. And Avraham Avinu, who learned, who saw that, he needed to be taught from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Lech Lecha, Lecha. You can't look at the earth the same way because the earth literally shaped, uh, reshaped the course of history. So Avraham Avinu says, you're right. Jumps into the furnace. That, that's okay. And that's the idea that he needed to pass down to Eliezer. And Eliezer realized that when he was able to disregard um, his own personal um, reasons and motives to maybe get his daughter to marry Yitzchak, at that moment, that's when the earth contracted at once, the miracle took place. And because of that mesilu nefesh, because of that self-sacrifice, we'll be zocheh to continue pushing hard in our avodat Hashem. And through that, we'll be zocheh to many, many miracles for us, our family, and our communities. Amen. Wishing everybody a wonderful night. Thank you.